Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, May the 10th. Hey, we start out with a look at the division this pandemic has caused over the past year, both politically and economically. So we check in with Calgary Herald columnist Chris Nelson about the current climate in Alberta and what he thinks, if anything, can be done to mend the big divide we're facing. It's a huge day in the COVID-19 vaccine rollout here in the province. Starting today, every single Albertan over the age of 12 is eligible for the jab. We get details on the process to sign up for this phase from Global Calgary reporter Sarah Offen. And then we bring you another installment of our weekly series of Motivational Mondays. And this time out, we look at the concept of creating your own motivation, how to do that. We meet speaker and author Nina Spencer, who gives us some suggestions on igniting the spark from within. And finally, today is National Clean Up Your Room Day. We get some tips on how to declutter any room in your house from Calgary-based professional organizer Cindy Browning. 709, we're in this together is a message we've heard a lot from political figures over the past year. But Chris Nelson, a regular columnist with the Calgary Herald, doesn't necessarily think the divisions that the pandemic has exaggerated are going away anytime soon. Chris joins us now with his thoughts and his latest column. Morning, Chris. Thanks for being with us. No problem. Beautiful morning. It is lovely. We're thinking and looking back to your column from May 6th. The headline reads, we are not in this together. We were never in this together. Tell us what you're thinking on this. And really, does does this whole thing sort of revolve around Jason Kenney? I think it's it's finally um, arrived at that point. But I I think it goes a lot deeper than that. And certainly uh, right from the get-go, if I could say that uh, we were, when I say we were never in this together, the effects of this pandemic and the effects of the various strictures that have been put in place by uh, the government, health authorities, etc., affect people in different ways. Uh, And they have right from the start, uh, because power is a strange thing, and if you have power over your life, and this sounds a bit highfalutin, I know, but um, you feel in, in charge but people who don't have any power, whether you're running a small business or you're an individual who's lost their job and they don't know uh, when it's going to be uh, reinstated or you're allowed to reopen, those people are somewhat powerless. Uh, so while we're all concerned and while we're all doing our thing, some people right from the start were affected by this a lot more than others. Let's talk about the, that divide also that we've heard so much about since the beginning of the pandemic, Chris, and that is those people who have lost jobs and maybe have had trouble finding a new job and those people whose businesses have been actually booming. A, a real crude example would be, you know, maybe I produced plexiglass at the beginning of the mm-hmm. pandemic and now, you know, a business, and I've, I've even heard things like, you know, appliances and, and hot tubs, for example. Um, you know, the divide of, of the different businesses and industries has been vast, hasn't it? It has, and um, strangely, I was uh, I was looking on I think it was Friday the new uh, the latest employment numbers and details came out for Alberta, and there was an interesting stat in there, and it compared uh, Alberta to employment uh, compared to a year ago, and uh, the numbers of people employed in the public sector compared at this time last year. Uh, have increased by uh, over 5,000. The numbers employed in the uh, uh, the private sector uh, have decreased uh, over 40,000. Wow. Um, and in addition to that, people who are self-employed, there's a further decrease in 5,000. So there's a huge divide right there. And 
Then we hear from certainly a lot of public sector unions, whether it's the teachers, the AUPE, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that we should close everything down. Well, it's a lot easier to close things down if you know you're going to get a paycheck. Mm. Um, and that, I'm sure that infuriates and worries a lot of people who are not in that fortunate position. And then, Chris, we look at politics. And we've got, obviously, here in Alberta, we were divided to begin with and then throw in the pandemic. And now we've got even more so right versus left, vaccine versus not, restrictions versus rights and freedoms. And again, you know, we go back to that, but Jason Kenney sort of right sitting in the center of all of this. Well, I guess that's always the problem of being a libertarian, which is what Kenny is. And to a certain extent, that's kind of what I am. But when you're in charge of a big tent group. Um, and what Jason Kenney is very good at, and these days I think most people don't think he's good at anything, but he is. He's a very good organizer and a very good political animal. And he put together the United Conservative Party, uh, that United thing seems a little bit uh, out of date these days. <laughs> but he basically amalgamated uh, the PCs and the Wild Rose that, of course, had split years earlier. Uh, and that divide has always been there in Alberta, somewhat of a civic uh, or a city versus rural area. But you can go back to uh, the 1980s and uh, the debate over seatbelts, if you remember that. That was divisive as well, um, or where the compulsory wearing of seatbelts. So he managed to bridge that gap and pull them together, which, of course, made him successful. But, but the problem is when, when the pressure ramps up and nobody expected the pressure that this would bring, uh, that divide starts to reemerge. And that's exactly what happened. And he's stuck in the middle trying to find a middle ground when nobody wants to be in the middle. Nobody wants to be in the middle. And, and mm. then you look at even, you know, for example, uh, on you can look at any street in Calgary, for for that matter, where you might have a big box store across the street from a Ma and Pa, and the Ma and Pa store is told to be shuttered. And, you know, different types, uh, different times throughout the pandemic, the big box store is, is, is thriving while the other folks are, you know, again, wondering what, what the future holds for them. And all we want to do is protect jobs. And then people say, well, the big box stores, they're not local, but they're your friends and neighbors that are working in these stores. So it's a very interesting time, even uh, in a few city blocks, when you look at retail in our city. Yes, it is. Uh, it is. It's very divisive, and uh, it, it forces people to take sides. And once you start taking sides mm. these days, which is always multiplied by social media, of course, you start only talking with your own crowd, and that just multiplies or magnifies mm -hmm. your points of view. And then things get really kind of nasty, which uh, we've seen in the last, uh, really the last uh, few weeks. And, you know, I wonder aloud, and I think probably everybody's wondering now, do, are we able to heal these divides? Can we come back together, or does this division last for a long time to come here in our province? Uh, there's always that division in, in Alberta. It goes back to the very formation of the province. But um, I think where, where Kenny, there's not many people who have a great deal of time for Kenny, but he does have strength. And the one thing that he's very good at is organization. And if he can forget about the infighting, if it's possible, and in his own caucus, stabbing him in the back in some ways, and concentrate entirely on this rollout of vaccines. Um, and he's very good at, uh, at detail. And if he can get that right and really ramp up um, 
the delivery of vaccines. Of course, the ironic thing is that uh, he sort of is relying on his uh, his arch nemesis, which is Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. to uh, or the federal government to deliver those vaccines, which is somewhat ironic. But uh, the feds now, at least, seem to be uh, doing the job. If he can get that right, then I think that will come some way to. Uh, to close in that divide. You will still get the anti-vax crowd, but hey, um, so far uh, in the older populations, there's a big uh, big take-up of vaccines. So that could be something that he can concentrate on. It plays to his strengths, and frankly, it's about the only game he's got these days. we got 15 seconds, but it could even be just a yes or no or just a short answer here, Chris. But is this an Alberta-specific uh, problem, or is this happening across the nation and other provinces? Alberta is a radical province, more radical than any other, so I think it's happening here to a greater degree. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. No problem. That is Chris Nelson, regular columnist with the Calgary Herald. 8-12, it's mornings with Sue and Andy. All Albertans ages 12 and up can now get the COVID-19 vaccine, but will current clinics be able to handle the influx of people? Right now, it's time to catch up with Global News reporter Sarah Offen for an update on what the expanded eligibility will look like in Calgary, not only today, but over the coming week. Good morning to you, Sarah. Good morning. Well, I tell you what, it sounds like it's uh, the, the largest opening so far when it comes to these vaccines and, and the rollout. Uh, tell us about the setup this morning and what you're hearing. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, it's busy. And I saw it busy last Thursday when the 30 plus plus crowd was was able to book but this morning right at 7 30 right as, hard, as soon as that queue opened up there was already twenty three thousand people that were Ooh. in line uh waiting to get in so about an hour wait for those people uh at last check uh, about uh 20 minutes ago it was about forty thousand people so yeah there is a lot of demand and a lot of people that are eager uh, to get these uh <laughs> to get in line and, and finally um, get vaccinated. Now, Sarah, are these numbers through AHS? Because can people also uh, get their their shot or their appointment booked through the pharmacy as well? Yeah, so that's just through uh, the AHS online booking website. And of course, at this point, 811 saying that they are seeing a very high rate of calls right now. So they're asking people to either use that online tool or to uh, to book through pharmacies right now as well. We've had a lot of information surrounding vaccines over the past several weeks, Sarah. So I I think we have to uh, make some sort of clarification here that now this is all over the age of 12. Previously, last week, it was 30 and over. But if you are over 30, you're still included in this total. Is that the case? Absolutely. So you can still go ahead. You're part of that 3.8 million crowd that uh, is now eligible to book these vaccines. Uh, But essentially today, there's going to be probably a fair bit more weight. And we saw yesterday, for example, I had a peak uh, at the the online portal and it was booking sort of into the, the end of the month. It looked this morning like they had opened up some more appointments as well. So uh, we'll see how long it takes for people to get in there. But certainly this is going to be a big impact because, I mean, COVID-19 has had an impact on all of us. It's taken such a toll. And for those that are young, yeah, the the outcomes aren't as severe. We know that there's about 3,500 children and adolescents that have been diagnosed with COVID in Alberta. Uh, Just over 200 have been admitted to hospital. About 50 have been admitted to ICU. So certainly the outcomes are not as severe, but there are still, um, you know, a lot of questions about how COVID-19 will affect people for years to come. And I mean, 
in Alberta, over 20% of the population is under 16. So um, there's really a hope that this step will go a long ways towards that herd immunity. Uh, meanwhile, we know that safety trials have only just begun for those that are under 12, which means that it could be uh, into next year before we actually see those vaccines offered to the rest of the population. So we've got a ways to go, but this is a big step today. And Sarah, do we know at this point, do we have the supply? We're, I know we're supposed to get a lot of it. Do we have it right now? Well, and, and that'll be the question, and, and it'll be interesting to see um, how long it takes to get people in. I mean, part of that is just staffing and make sure, making sure that there's enough people to actually put those folks in people's arms. But yeah, the vaccines is, is the other front, and that's something that we're going to be watching for here in the days ahead to see, uh, you know, whether there's enough to go around. So I'm just curious, you know, if you are a minor, I'm, I'm assuming that you'd have to go through the appropriate channels and, and have a... Um, an adult, your, your your parent or guardian, sign you up. I think so. Yes, I'm. I'm not totally uh, positive on that process, but right now I'm in queue. Uh, for uh, a friend of mine's kid, and we'll see, okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Because uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's it's a whole different ball game that we're looking at this morning. Thanks so much, Sarah, for your time. We appreciate it. That is Global Calgary reporter Sarah Offen. And, and I'm, I'm curious, if you're at home, if you're a parent of somebody between the ages of 12 and 18, mm-hmm. and, 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 and if you've had success, let us know. Or maybe you're saying, oh, it's about time. I'm, 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 I'm within the category. I'm going to book today. How that goes for you. Um, you can always let us know on the text line at 403-974-8255. Send it in. I'm actually just texting with our local pharmacist, in Kanji, to find yeah. out how that does work with my kids booking their shots. So hopefully I'll have a little info on you come, or for you on that. Very excited about this next guest. It's Motivation Monday here on Mornings with Sue and Andy. Is motivation something that we can conjure up on our own? Or do we need to find the spark elsewhere to motivate ourselves to reach the goals that we have in mind? To answer the question, we're joined now by Nina Spencer, motivational speaker and author of a handful of books, including A Time to Creep, A Time to Soar, Lesson Learned for Work and Life from Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Good morning to you, Nina. Hey, Andy. How are you doing? Hello there, Sue. Good, Good. morning. Thank you for Good taking morning. The, you sound You sound motivated on a Monday <laughs> morning. We like, the, like that. So the big question is, this is what you do for a living. This is kind of your life's work to a certain extent as far as not only speaking, but the books that you write. So can you give us the answer to this one? Can one motivate themselves? Ah, good question. Uh, I find that the inspiration comes from within. You have to sort of train your brain to think that way. Others can't motivate you. When bosses say, oh, I want to motivate my staff, no, staff need to feel the inspiration, and then they will have the motivation. So the inspiration has to come from the outside. Somebody can't motivate you. You have to figure out how to motivate you. Your good enough reasons, your purpose, your reason for being, that sort of thing. And that requires a little bit of introspection. Some people might be naturally wired positively. They might have a, a natural default position of a positive mental attitude, and others perhaps not. They're just not born that way. But regardless, you can train your brain just like you can train your body to play a sport or an instrument. You can train your brain to think more positively. It's clinically proven. Okay, so if we need to find that spark within, what, what do we look for? How do we even know what to try to bring out within ourselves if we don't know what we're looking for in the beginning? Well, some of the things that occur to me right off the bat are, are stuff like um, 
what are the kinds of words that are, are coming out of your mouth as you speak to others and even as you speak to yourself? I mean, it's a no-brainer that we're supposed to be positive and sunny and focused, but all sunshine makes a desert. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you are going to have a bit of a negative funk. The point is to not stay there, not to stay in what they say, a pity city, too long. If you move through it, just make it a little pit stop and then carry on. So some of that has to do with the language that you're, that you're speaking about. Uh, for example, with what's going on right now, oh, this will never end versus this is going to eventually end. For example, even 9-11 is 20 years ago this September. Sooner or later, a worrisome time, a crisis time just a downright bad time, ends. I, I think of things like this. Out of order comes chaos, and out of chaos comes order. Mm. And what comes after order? More chaos. Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and out of chaos comes order, and we puddle jump across our lives. Uh, and, and these are things that we can expect. But what we can do is use um, more positive language. Okay. It's the difference when you when you pick up the phone and you say, is this a bad time, Sue? Hey, Andy, have I caught you at a bad time? Versus have I caught you, for example, at a good time? Mm. Put the language focus on what you want more of rather than what you don't want. Wow, incredible. It's interesting because we drew a parallel at the beginning of the program that it's actually National Clean Up Your Room Day. And we've had a, a year with perhaps more time on our own or more time at home to maybe get those tasks done under our own roofs. But many of us have not. And we still haven't tackled that garage or the basement, whatever it might be. So, so how, do we, how do we get started on that first spark? What can we do to, to, to get the ball rolling, even if it's baby steps? So do you have some advice for us there? Yes, absolutely. And just as a segue to that, the clean up your room, this is quite amazing that you should mention this because I did a speaking engagement once where one of the other speakers was a general uh, in the armed forces and or an ex-general and, and, uh, and a retired one. And he told me that one of the reasons why they're so insistent about making a, a perfect bed, a hotel perfect bed every morning and this goes right into cleaning up your room, <laughs> uh, is so that at the very start of the day, you have already succeeded. You've already completed oh. a task. So, you know, I know sometimes it gets sloppy. Ah, manana, manana, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm making it messy. I, I'm going to get into it again today. But even doing something as simple as completing on the simplicity of making your bed first thing in the morning, I know it sounds like I'm a mother, but... <laughs> um, Five things that I do, speaking of bed, while I'm still in bed, to start the day off positively. I do these every single morning, including this morning. Uh, the first thing, as you come to consciousness, train your brain to have your first conscious thought be one of gratitude. Count your blessings. Jan Arden said it, you know, one of Alberta's number one daughters, right? Mm -hmm. I've got money in my pocket. I like the color of my hair. <laughs> I've got a friend who loves me. I got a house. I got a car. Count whatever blessings you can right now. So come to your day, your first thought being uh, positive, counting your blessings. Identify your intent for the day. What's my intention today? What's my purpose for today? It could be cleaning my room or doing the laundry. Or you could make it more lofty and say, today I'm going to treat everybody I encounter with extra kindness, with extra thoughtfulness. Love it. So an, an intent, 
five things. So one is express gratitude. Two is identify your intent, your purpose for the day. Number three is to take five diaphragmatic yoga-style breaths. They may be the five deepest breaths you take all day long, but start your day with that relaxation. Fourthly, uh, smile. I know it seems kind of corny and Pollyanna-ish, but apparently the brain doesn't know that it's fake. So if you put a smile on the muscles of your face, it registers in your brain, and you start the day off with a bit of a lift. Mm. And the last is to forgive yourself for any screw-ups from the day before. (laughs) You just got to let yourself off the hook sometimes and say, I'm giving it a wipe. This is a new day. I'm going to try again. I love that because we are very hard on ourselves and that is a nice way to start the day. There's you start on a on a, a positive day all around and and really what can go wrong, right? It's just Absolutely. Begin begin beautifully. I love it. Thank you so much. Those are great five steps. I love it. We're going to put those up on our social media and and share them for everybody. Thanks so much for joining us, Nina. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Great day to you all. Thank you and to you. That is Nina Spencer, author and motivational speaker. You can find more at ninaspencer.com. 842 and it is National Clean Up Your Room Day. A good idea for all of us, really. But where to start? Say we walk into our bedrooms or maybe there's another room that you need to deal with in your home. Well, joining us with some help is Cindy Browning, professional organizer and owner of Photo Savvy Organizing. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so we've done some decluttering during COVID through the past year, but this is more than that. Our bedrooms. How do we start what might be a daunting job? Well, I think the first thing you have to keep in mind is, is don't walk into the whole bedroom and go, oh, my God, I have to tackle this whole thing today. You're, you're going to feel immediately like I think you failed. And I think I'm going to tag on to something one of your, your earlier guests said this morning. You know, start with even making your bed and feeling that way accomplished, but then maybe tackle the top of your dresser or your dresser or your closet and then leave it at that. If you walk in and you start small and accomplish something, you'll feel you've accomplished that. And then you can move on to something else like tomorrow or next week. I think the problem is, Cindy, that we have these grandiose ideas and we need things, that instant gratification. So we should be able to uh, finish that whole room in in a day when it took us years and years to pile things up and hoard. Uh, absolutely. I think some of the TV shows make it difficult for everybody to understand that it doesn't just happen in an hour. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into this. So, you know, even start in your closet, if you haven't cleaned out some of the clothes you haven't worn in a while, what I say to my clients is like, hang them all up and hang them backwards with the hook facing out. And then when you know you've gone to the end of a season and you haven't put it back, as we all know, when we put it back, it goes back on the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then you can see what's left in your closet maybe you haven't worn in a season or in a year and then you can be like okay well I haven't touched that so maybe it's time to let it go and especially I know I have a one in one out rule something new comes in something goes out. I have that rule too it's a very good one it's hard to say goodbye and let go of some of those things but you just you have to do it. What about like our night tables I have about 72,000 books and (laughs) journals and all kinds of stuff all piled up next to my bed. Why doesn't that surprise me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that you could start by paring down. You know, you could pare down. Like, I'm assuming you've got them there as something you're hoping to read. That's right. Maybe maybe you can come up with a system where you keep them on a bookshelf in the house 
and then you can just only keep a couple by your nightstand. So start by paring down what you've got from 72 to, you know, two. <laughs> Fair enough. I think she said 72,000, Cindy, to be honest. Oh, yeah. That'd <laughs> be nice. I want to ask, is some, something that was effective to me is I had a... I'm not sure if I'm the only one who who uh, does this. I had shirts that I didn't wear, and I put them in a downstairs closet on a rack, and we had to clean that area out to have more storage. And I, I, I had not worn them. We'd been in the house for three years. I laid them out, and I said to my wife, okay, there's like 30 shirts here. Pick the ones that you like and you think I might wear. And she was super ruthless, and it took everything I had to not go and look at the ones that were going to charity, but like I, I bet you 80% were going to charity. That worked so incredibly well. I'm still wondering in my mind which ones are gone now. Uh, but does it sometimes help to enlist a family member or a friend to come over? Absolutely, because they can be that person who is maybe not as ruthless, mm-hmm. but who can provide that um, perspective for you. So certainly if you've got them in a downstairs closet and they've been sitting there for a year and they've got dust on them, which is entirely possible, then you haven't looked at them in a year and you don't need to necessarily hold on to all of them. So, you know, hiring a professional organizer to come over and give you a hand or just somebody who can be objective and just say, listen, your goal here is to get these you know, 72 t-shirts or books down to three. So we can just hire somebody who will come in and and help organize, whether it's, you know, one room or the whole house and and that sort of thing. I know, Cindy, I've given you, when my mom passed away, we had 70 million photos, as we all do, (laughs) right, that our parents have and, and four kids and we didn't know what to do with them all. And you put them all on a CD for us. So that we all had a copy of the picture. So there are things that the, the professionals can help us do. Absolutely. They can help you make some decisions on on what to keep, how to organize it, and they will help organize for what works for you. And in getting the kids involved, too, that's an important step. So include them in the process. So, But they can be the objective person that says, what do you want to see in this room? Do you want this room to be your oasis, your quiet space? You know, what you want this house to be? Can you Do you want to walk in and have it be your, your you know, um, getaway you know, from what's going on in the world. So they can help with that vision. And sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, buying another bookshelf, Sue, for the Mm 72,000 books. It is paring down so it fits in the space that you actually have. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's the key. And it's sometimes uh, hard to keep that in sight for sure. Thank you so much for some tips on this special day, Cindy. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great day, guys. That is Cindy Browning. Of course, it is National Clean Up Your Room Day. Cindy is professional organizer and owner of Photo Savvy Organizing. You can find more online at photosavvy.net.